to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Yes, hello everyone. I am Nikki Klegel and I'm so happy you are here with us today. You are watching Living and listening to Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I'm an author, a coach, and a speaker, and I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God, clarify and define their God-given life purpose, and help them tap into the Trinity in all that offers. I like to take them to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So let's go ahead and get started on Living Within the Sweet Spot. We are bringing in today a special guest, one of my favorite women. She's so precious. You're going to love her. Joan Turley, she wrote a book that I think we can all relate to, and it's called sacred work in secular places. All right, you guys know that I work with people on life purpose. I love to have people really tapping into who they are, how God designed them to be, and make sure that that's everywhere, that that's at their work, as they walk around in the community, as they raise their families, all these things. But she particularly shares one section of that, and that's the workplace. I know she's got great stories. Hang tight to the middle section because I'm going to be bringing her in. She's going to share with us a lot, not just about her, but also some things you all can apply. So let's go ahead and look at this kind of idea that at least I can relate to and that I'll talk about. And that's from my book and uh, the way that I coach. And I use a tool when I coach people on working in their setting, no matter where it is. They may not particularly want to go pack up their bags and head to another country and spread the gospel. They may just feel like, okay, but I think I'm supposed to be here. It's just not that awesome. It should be better, and it can be. So I have this tool called God's Work. Now, I've got a girlfriend that is um, posting it inside the feed here. For those of you who, li- who are listening right now, I know, and I just got to stop and give a shout out to all of you. I am shocked, and I love and care about all, all people. When I speak on this, I'm literally thinking of the people on the other end, and when I see the numbers and thousands, and when I see uh, the countries. I just think of all the different work settings we might have. And I, I know we have people who are mostly women. My demographic is about, is about 40, 60, mostly women, but a lot of men. And I think, what are your work settings? And I also think, you know, are you at home and feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm not in my calling. Oh, what a wonderful place to be in your calling um, at home. But so let's break this down a little bit. This God's work is a tool that I use for people in that way to really think about, okay, if this is my work and I think God's called me here, whether it's at home, whether it's, um, I, I always like the guys uptown. They, they, we have a full service gas station and they pump our gas and those men there are so awesome. Yeah, it does happen to be all men, but I know they're busy. And they're, they're screwing around trying to do other things. And then they always come out and 
literally love on you. They treat you kind. They they just put you in a better mood. I pay so much more for full service gas just because you get that service and they care about you. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but some work sucks the life out of us. It literally does. So if we look at this tool, it's broken down into four areas. So I like to use acronyms. You guys know that because it helps us remember. And so the the tool is broken down into W-O-R-K. So let's go ahead and look at this. So the W, willed by God. The O, open evangelism. R, responsive. K, keeping the faith. Okay, well, this doesn't seem quite like my old work setting, which I was a, a director of nursing and ran healthcare settings like maybe dialysis center, nursing homes, things like that. And they were not in a Christian-based setting. So how is it that you do this? I mean, that sounds very faith-based and you're not necessarily allowed to carry on this way, right? But you are. It's how we go about it, doing it, how we speak it. But what I want you to do is step into all these things. And, you know, we might speak it differently, but we're going to step into all these things. So let's look at them again. W, willed by God. O, open evangelism. R, responsiveness. And K, keeping the faith. So if we look at willed by God, I want you to think to yourself, would God will you to do something that's a little... um, Uh, not in line with him, I should say, something that pulls you away from him, something that is not of noble character, all these things. Think to yourself, you know, is this willed by God? Because God would not will you to do something that's out of line from what's written in the word. Okay. So next is, you know, um, thinking about gifts and talents. God willed you to do specific work, and he made you ahead of time knowing what that is. And sometimes we, we, we forget how these everyday um, skills can be used, how our skills can be used in these everyday jobs because they really can. The next thing is I want you to think about boredom because the way God wills you, when you are in God's will, when you are stepping into it, you are full of energy and joy. And when you are outside of that will, it sucks the life out of you. Like I spoke about earlier, you get bored. That's what happened to me. I loved the work. God literally had me in one job I was fit for, I was called to. It was a great time of growth and development, and and it was essential for this job. But there was a day when almost like a clock, it shut off and I was bored. How could I be? Because God changed the direction. He knew there was something else for me, and he wanted me going there, and so I had to listen, or I would have had literally the life sucked out of me if I would have stayed in that place. That was a great place for that season, but God wills you, and you have to pay attention to your energy level, and and, and it's so true. Okay, and the next thing is for him. Okay, you know, God really, um, he has plans for you, and They are for him, too. Everything is done to the glory of God. And if your plans are just self-seeking, it feels good for short term, and it does not fill up. And it eventually just um, wipes you out. 
And and when you get into this place where you are really working for him, you get that. You get that he's called you and you're doing work for him. And then you're able to tap into and you call on him. You're able to tap into all he has. I mean, this is a great place. So we looked at the problem. We feel burnout. We maybe feel bored. We maybe don't know if this is our our will of God. And so basically this work maybe is idle, maybe born, maybe sucking the life out of us. This is the problem. Okay. Maybe even causing us anger and frustration and we just hate it. And we can't think of going another day to this job. And there's so many facts. I'm going to save them for Joan because I bet she's going to share them. But there's so many facts about horrible things on Sunday night. Because a person knows they have to get up in the morning and they have to go to work in a job that they hate. And God did not make you so that you could be in a job you hate. He handcrafted you with purpose and he wants you to work for him and he's going to help you abundantly and you are going to get true rewards and blessings from being in this place. But how do we get there? So that was the problem. How do we get there is... We, we turn to the word. We need to turn to the word and find out what he tells us, okay? So if we look at gifts and talents, I want you to think about this. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. do you see a skillful man, a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. What's interesting is I bet when I said that about gifts and talents and being skilled that you thought I was going to say the verse about God making everyone with their own talent. We know this. I know this. You know this. And he did. If you don't, he did. He really handcrafted you for specific talents. Think about this. What if your talent was to be an athlete? And we've got some pretty amazing athletes that will share their faith as they use their talent, right? Do you think that dribbling a ball is unworthy, right? It's a selfish need. Not necessarily. How are you turning it in to God's will? How are you using that to go do God's work, right? But what if you never fostered that talent? A lot of people have never been around a setting where they could learn to play sports. What if that was tucked in you? What if that's tucked in one of your children? And you never knew it. And you never tried to instill it. And you saw a little town, but you never tapped into it. This is what I'm saying. We, it's a confusing matter to know what your life purpose is. It's a confusing matter to see your gifts and talents. Okay, I got to go on. So, so gifts and talents, this verse, let's look a little closer though. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Wish I could break this down more, but what I want to tell you is we don't need to sweat it. When we are working skillfully with God in and of God and the purpose and direction he has on us, we will stand high and then we got to give God the glory. Okay, let's. So, in your work, when you wonder, why am I not succeeding? Why am I not going to the next level? Get into God. All right. And, and it takes you to, to higher places, places you never thought you could be in. All right. Ephesians is another Bible verse that we need to look at. So, 
Think about this one. You were predestined. This one's one more that you guys were like waiting to hear. I know when you're talking about life purpose, but Ephesians 1, 5, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. We got to surrender. When we really want to step into God's will for us at work, we need to surrender. There is so much power in giving things up. You know, our attitudes can get in the way of stepping into our will, and we need to give them up and let Jesus Christ and the healing power of Jesus wash over us so we can get rid of a lot of our past baggage and we can move in. How can we lead? How can we grow and go to new places when we're still holding on to a whole bunch of baggage? Through Jesus Christ and by His will is how we get there. Okay? Then next, I want you to think about this one. Boredom kills. Remember how I said a lot of people are just bored in their work, right? Okay, so being idle and not having passion. Mm. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not man. Let me tell you, do a paradigm shift. Stop punching in and punching out for man. I mean, we need to, you still serve, but you serve by the grace of God. You serve with all of that power. Do you know how much better you can serve people if you have compassion from the Savior? You can muster your way through being nice to someone. But when you can get yourself to loving other people because they're God's children and they're your brothers and sisters, it takes you to a new level. And you need help. We need help doing this. It's practice. We need help. And last for him. Talked a lot about this, but Colossians 1.16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him for him. We need to get over ourselves. We do. So many of us, me included, we start thinking, you know, oh, why am I unhappy? Oh, why is why am I not moving up? Oh, why? And it's me, 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 and why, why, why? And if we start to let go of that and we start calling on God, it changes things. All right, so we looked now at the problem and we looked at are we willed now? And so what the word tells us about are we willed? Um, open evangelism. How can we do that, right? Okay, so I want you to really think about this. Are you able to be an example of Christ at work? That's open evangelism in the best way. I just did a blog yesterday. Go look it up. But it, it was like lead with love. Let us lead with love. I mean, honestly, that is how you're going to change the world. The, the people who don't know God, and, and that's our job to love and serve, right? And to bring people to, to um, Christ. That's our job. We're fishermen. That is what our job is. But we can't do that with Bible verses. My word, for one, they don't hear them. They don't want to hear them. But we can do it with love. All right? So you serve with love. Okay, then the next thing is our responsive. Listen, if you're in a workplace that doesn't allow you to be responsive, so um, respond in kindness, respond in greatness, and they teach you to um, climb the corporate ladder as a, a sabotager and uh, do whatever you have to do at all costs to get to the top. You need to be in a place 
that allows you to respond in love, that gives you autonomy and gives you um, support to to go and do, do the right thing at the right time. And then the last is keeping the faith. Are you in an environment that continually inspires you to grow? I'll never forget one of the pivotal things in my career was when I threw out, well, I had a job review and they said, you need a personal goal. And I started writing to a man in prison. And once a week, I spent about 20 minutes at work typing up a letter and sending it off to a man in prison. Little did I know everything that I've been writing my book on are things that I was putting in that book. All right, we are done. Let's go ahead and get prepared for break and then come back with Joan Turley on Living Within the Sweet Spot. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. We all have unique experiences and outlooks when it comes to leadership and team building. Yet sometimes we clash, even when trying to achieve the exact same goals. Check out Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Your host is Dr. Cass Henry. A shared journey equals success, and every human interaction has the power to achieve this success by working together. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. 
Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy you are back with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. So I have Joan Turley here. I am so excited to introduce her to you. So I would love to introduce her um, with a huge bio, and it's attached. Go read it. It's awesome because she's going to share much of that through her story um, in the next segment. But I want you to know that she's my friend. And she's a sister author. She's a sister in Christ. And I just am delighted you're here with us. Joan, you wrote the book, Secular Places. I want to get this right. Finding Sacred Work in Secular Places. But there's a subtitle and there's so much more. Can you share with us a little bit about yourself and then why you feel great about this being the episode that you're on? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. This is just such a joy to be here. But yes, I did write a book called Sacred Work in Secular Places, Finding Joy in the Workplace, an Invitation to Partner with God in this Beautiful, Broken World. And so, you know, I don't know if you want me to share this yet, but I was a card... Okay, I was a card-carrying member of the 80% disengaged, dissatisfied. I mean, wore that badge proudly. Um, But I realized it wasn't healthy for me. I hated my work. And that is what, that pain point literally brought me to that place of there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way because this isn't good for my family. It's not good for me. It led to a really deep depression. But from that, drove me to my knees and into the word and a light came on and everything changed. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so um, so yes, we know that you're going to be, you, so many people that I client on Life Purpose say these exact same things. And, and you also speak and tell us more about what you do so that people feel like, okay, I, I need her and I and understand what she's saying. So I coach in workplaces on on how to build a better culture through love, through leading with love. I introduced the concept of heart-driven leadership that truly uh, when we love those people just for who they are and care about their growth, their potential, their, we start to invest in their lives. Um, so I will coach for work cultures. And then I also coach group coaching where I will take uh, women and we uh, and men, but it's really looking at if we're in this setting and we're unhappy, how do we connect with God and discover what God's doing for us in this season? And that, that was a game changer for me. And I'll mm-hmm. share a little bit more about that. But so I speak at Christian conferences and coach and yeah, just, just love, love it. Just love it. I know that about you. Um, so, so let's get into this a little bit more because you're bringing up a topic that I didn't really think about and don't talk about a whole lot. I do, I do a little bit, but I want people to know this. It's just that almost peace that the seasons they've gone through, yeah, our preparation. And that so a lot of us are afraid to try something new or afraid to either try it new in our current place or even switch to something else. But knowing that we were being prepared by that is really reassuring. I love that. So, okay, we, you and I shared some questions. And your first question then um, was a, what you're passionate about. And I feel like we quite, kind of get that. You're passionate about helping other people 
um, step into their work, change their work the way the way they work and the way they serve the people around. But then let's look at the second one where can you share a story with us? Because I know you have stories of people that you've seen transformed. And I think this really helps audiences know, okay, this is real and, and this could happen for me. Okay, so... I had spent my early years in ministry. So when that crumbled and fell apart and I found myself suddenly a worker bee, you know, in the workplace, I really at that time felt like I didn't have a purpose because, I mean, in my mind, you really couldn't be working for God unless you were in the mission field, on the mission field, working behind a pulpit. So as I began to grapple with this um, and God began to show me that, he was sovereign and that he could pick our platform. He chose our platform. He had made us to shine for his glory. And it was like, he said, do you not trust me that I could use you in the workplace and how it all, how the title of the book even came about was I had a young man that was very suicidal. And and so one day he'd said to me, Miss Joan, could we go to lunch? And I said, sure. And as we went and shared a meal, he began to share with me, the sadnesses and the sorrows of his life. I mean, he cried, I cried. It just was heartbreaking. So I really began to pray for this young man. And a few days later, uh, I I would always keep this empty chair by my desk. And it was God's way of reminding me that people were more important than projects. So when people would say, what's that empty chair for? I'd say, it's for you. Sit down. And it would be like, (laughs) I I knew that I needed to say, because I could hear God say, you can get back to these projects anytime. But right now, if someone's in need, your people need you. Be available. So he plops down in the empty chair. And before I know it, he is just sobbing. I mean, my desk was right out in the middle of everybody. I wanted to be in the middle of the action. And he's just sobbing. And I I remember I reached over and I patted him on the knee. And I just said, oh, he looked at me and says, it's Joan. Am I going to make it? I mean, he didn't know if he was going to make it. And I just reached over and patted him on the knee. And I said, oh, honey, I said, I am praying for you. God's not going to let you go. I said, I've at, I got a lot of people for you praying, praying for you. You're going to make it. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if he knew Jesus, but I'm telling you at that moment, he knew that Jesus knew him. And he just kind of lifted up his head and he started to walk away with his head held high and his pep in his step. And as he walked away, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me. And that was sacred work in a secular place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you telling me this is your work? And and that is where I began to go. It's it's not just about me doing excellent work, because I think when we represent the Lord, our work should be excellent. But it was also about these people that were all around me. And it was um, then I stumbled onto this beautiful quote by Billy Graham, and it says, It is God's job to judge. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's your job to love. And I mean, the walls just came crashing down. And I knew as God was saying, I have sent you here that you might love these people. Yeah. You start loving and everything changes. Yeah, I agree. Somebody, um, so say that quote again, and then somebody type it in the feed because I see there's a lot of people on Facebook. Say that again. Okay. So it's a Billy Graham quote. And he said, it is God's job to judge. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It is my job to love. 
Yeah, that's sweet. Love that. Okay, so Joan, um, there are so many things in your little story that I think were powerful. One is, okay, are we allowed to pray for people or to say I'm going to pray for someone and things like that at work, at secular places? Well, if somebody comes to you and they're coming to you with a personal problem and you ask them, do you want my personal advice? Then, Then there's a little doorway for that. Absolutely. And and then also, um, he knew you. He knew your character. And when we're we're loving nonstop, um, you took him out for lunch, um, you know, and that was off work time. And he saw who you were. People eventually know God. They feel God and they're attracted to God. And so I think, of course, he came to you when he was desperate. And he probably didn't even know why, but he he felt that safety, that comfort, whatever. So um, another thing that I want people to know that are listening in their jobs is people know truth and they hear truth. And so when you speak things like with such assurance that it's going to be okay. Thank you, Christy Cammy, for putting that post up there. Um, when you speak things like it's going to be okay and you say it with conviction yourself and truth because you know it's true, that is felt across the nation. It's felt through people. And so when we're talking about secular places, what can we do? These are things. These are great examples. All right. So let's go ahead to another question here. So is there a process that you kind of use when you're working with people, Um, when you either do your speeches or maybe when you're one-on-one with someone that helps someone walk through this journey of kind of getting rid of this secular um, kind of place or place of maybe desperation or whatever, um, and then help them get into a place where they're really finding joy at work? Yes. So basically what I do is I'm going to teach the process that God led me through, which mm-hmm. was I, I, I took a look at work through three different lenses. I first began to say, let me look at work through the lens of scripture. What does God say about work? What's the biblical view of work? And for me, that was where the joy began because what I discovered was God was a worker. He shows up first in Genesis as a worker. And not only that, he claps his hands at the end of the day saying, it is good. It is good. It is very good. And I started to get this clue. Well, if I'm created in his image and he loves work, I think I could probably find a way to love work. So I looked at work through the biblical lens. The next thing I did is I began to do a study on let's look at work historically. What is the historical view of work? And then finally, I looked at where are we in our postmodern world and how, what is our view of work? And as I just began to focus, looking at what was this purpose of work, discovering that first and foremost, he made me to be a difference maker and a decision maker. This is very powerful. When we, and so when we get this, then we start passing it on to our people. We start to empower them. You were made to be a difference maker. You were made to be a decision maker. I'm going to back you on your decisions. And I can remember telling my front desk one time, look, you make a decision and here's what I promise you. I'm going to back you. If it's wrong, I'm going to support that decision, but we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what you might do better next time. But I will not slap you on the hand for stepping out and developing your leadership qualities. So it's as we start to pour into these people 
And this is where I found that God gave me my greatest doors because open doors, because when I love them and I help them succeed in their job, they're open because they see that you want the best for them. Then they will come to you on a personal level. And that changes everything. I love that. I love all of that. And and I would have liked working for you. Um, <laughs> I, I had the fortunate uh, position of being able to get be all over. My husband worked for a grocery store chain. And as he went up in the company, we moved and moved and moved. And I could quickly see that it didn't ma- matter as long as I saw after these things, it would be okay. But the leadership, man, when I worked in settings that didn't have that, what a struggle to kind of get this, this um, way of, of working back. Um, it's so hard. So you were talking just about that R in the work, that responsive. You know, are you in an environment that allows you to have that autonomy and allows you to do what's good and right? Backs you up when you screw up a little bit. No problem. No problem. We're not perfect. But wants you. Wants you stepping out and doing what, what you think is right. Awesome. Okay, um, Joan, we have a few minutes yet. I'm curious if you had something that you really wanted to make sure that all these people, and keep in mind they're in different countries and, and all over, um, what's something that you really feel passionate about, you really want them to know? I, you, you, had started, you had quoted out of Ephesians, and there's Ephesians 2.10, which says, He predestined us to do good works. And when, when that began, I, I began to understand that it was a, I guess I'm passionate that people would understand that they are so uniquely and preciously made by God and that it's no accident where they are. In his sovereignty, he would say to us, I have made you just the way you are. In fact, I'm putting people in your path that I want to connect with you because the way I've made you, you're going to be able to meet their need. And once we begin to understand and that he loves us just the way we are and that he put unique gifts and talents within and that he's, he is setting up people to meet us that mm-hmm. we might, that we might impact their life. See, this is what I would want them to hear. Bottom line. It's not just about an income. It is about an impact. So when we look at impact income plus impact, Nikki, I've had three former employees that worked for me years ago, contact me this week. They're still mm-hmm. reaching out. I, could, mm-hmm. could I help? Could you help me on this, Miss Joan? You know, one of them was a non-Christian. Said, "I'm not a Christian, but I love your daily talks. You know, I, I, I love your passion. People are hungry just to mm-hmm. be seen and loved, and that's the joy in the workplace. It that's really, really is. That's so great, Joan. And yeah, I mean, they're attracted to it. You're right. And you talk about income or impact, and I just think, okay. We, of course, we want money and actually God will bless us that way. And then we use it wisely, like the story of the talons, and then it grows more and then we use it more wisely and it keeps going and going. And it is all good and right to want to be successful that way. Yes. But let me tell you, you can have all the money and material possessions we know in the world, but if our um, fruits of the spirit aren't there, then we seem poor and we seem empty and uh, it's hard to enjoy life. 
So um, when we can bring the Holy Spirit into our work and into our life, and that's what we have to remember, you know, when Jesus came and then left, we got left the Holy Spirit. It's not Old Testament and, and lucky you, the Holy Spirit dropped down on you, you know, one of thousands and thousands. <laughs> um, it's here for everyone. It's the Holy Spirit is moving around our work Um every single day and are we tapping into the Holy Spirit listen to the fruits of the labor I'm just going to read them because I always miss one but faithfulness gentleness I mean that's Joan when that employee knew they could come to her because she was going to be she they trusted her for gentleness goodness I mean, you you can say, um, do I know many work environments that they're do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, yeah, but how about the golden rule? That's what they kind of call it at work settings. Goodness, just be good. Kindness, joy. And, and her whole book, her whole book is on joy, finding joy in the workplace. Through the Holy Spirit, we find joy, a love. This is how we lead And this is how people want to follow. It's through love. This is what Jesus did and taught us. Patience is another one. Patience at work. How many of you are impatient at work and you feel like, oh, this work is not for me. I'm so frustrated, whatever. And as we call on God, as we tap into the Holy Spirit, we somehow end up with patience that we never had before. This is huge, a life changer in our work setting and peace The last one is the most important, I think, self-control, self-control. Can you imagine how this would change the days in your job? All right, so we only have two minutes, Joan. I'm going to quick look at the feed because I see some um, comments on here, and I just want to share them with you. I'm going to go backwards, but Terry Stafford, we love him, right? So he says on here, imposter syndrome is the subconscious denial of God's will for you. How many of us are trying to fake our way through work, right? Joan, we're putting on a fit, happy face. Oh, my. He, he has more. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah. Repeating your quote. Very good. All right. So we've got two minutes. Um, tell us a little bit about your plans and your website so that people can, can I don't know, reach out to you. But what do you have going on next? Um, any new things coming out? And yeah, share with us. Yes. Okay. So my, my website is just joanlturley.com. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, the the more I focus on this, and, and thank you, Nikki, because you brought this out in me many months ago, but um, this tagline has emerged and we, you were talking about the Holy Spirit. And so this, this thing has begun to grow in my heart and in my spirit, and it's taking people from the word place in his presence to the workplace in his power. And what that really means is that encouraging people that on a daily basis get into this beautiful, good, living word, because more times than not, Nikki, when the mornings that I spent in the word, I would work into, I would walk into the workplace and that scenario would play out. It'd be like, ah, that's what that's, that's what that lesson was. I had the immediate application right there. So I would, this is my passion now is if we can get into, it's become a non-negotiable. Let's put that. Spending time with God is a non-negotiable. So when I make that non-negotiable, I am prepared for whatever happens in the workplace. And um, you're going to start to see God move in you. See, when I took that job, 
I was just working the front desk. I had no idea that in six months' time, the owner of that company was going to make me the director of operations. I, and I, I can remember I said to her, oh, you need to go and find your, your Moses. I'm just an Aaron. I've never been a leader. She said, this is your moment. And, and I believe in you. And you know what? Because I love those people so well, they were like, we want that girl, you know? And yeah. they, taught me, they taught me the job. So I mm-hmm. would tell people, I don't, wherever you are, if you can just get in that place with God and discover, he's going to start speaking to you and you're going to walk in and he's going to give you a word for your people that you, you mm-hmm. didn't even know that he was going to give you that word and it would change mm-hmm. their life. It is a mission field that we're missing. This is what I really believe. Mm-hmm. We think we can go on mission to another country or if we teach a Bible study. He's saying, look, these people might never come into a church. I have sent you there. And mm-hmm. this is where you will shine brightest. Yes. My it's incredible. It is incredible. It is incredible. And I like how you pointed out this opportunity you had no idea was coming. And all you listening right now might be thinking, I, I, I shouldn't be at this current workplace. I looked at that WORK and, and I'm not in a place where I'm able to um, live out my faith. I'm not in a place that encourages me to um, be responsive. All these things. Well, maybe you need to get to a place God will open doors, just like he did for Joan. And so we really want you to get to the word. I like how you said, from work to the word. Um, you, you used the quote a little little um, backwards there, but I loved, I loved how you said that. So let's do that. We want to encourage you all to just stop and think a little bit about where you're at at work today, um, where it, it, it might go. If you start tapping into God, if you start calling on the Holy Spirit, if you start getting into the written word, hearing um, truths, start to open doors and teach you. All right, let's hang on because we really want you to come back in the next segment of Living Life Within the Sweet Spot where we go to question and answers. See you soon. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I'm so happy you are back listening to Living Within the Sweet Spot. We have Joan Turley, who is the guest in the middle section, and she has agreed to stay on and help with question and answers. This show has really been an appeal to you guys to sit at Think about your work. Think about how joyful your work is. Um, Joan's book helps people find joy in their work. But think about how much you've tapped the Trinity into your work. Are you looking to God um, for support, strength, power in carrying out um, what the will is that he's called you to? Do you know what the will is that he's called you to do? Do you know if it's right here in your current job and maybe you just haven't gotten there yet. Do you know if it's maybe to a new new job, something new, and it's a little dream or a little thought, and you just tuck it away and you're afraid to step into it? Do you call to the Holy Spirit who's there ready to teach, instruct, redirect all of these things for us because he's, he's there, but are we tapping and are we listening? And then do we go to Jesus Christ? And in Jesus Christ, we know that there's so much healing and transforming power. It's the world that can get the best of us. It's a lot of things that have happened in the past, a lot of our baggage. These are transgressions of others and ourselves. And do we live in them and let them sort of predict how we're going to enjoy our days? Or do we tap into Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus and let him heal us, let him transform us, get rid of all that stuff and put on our new self that is free and that feels um, ready, ready and refreshed and is abiding and can't wait for these new opportunities, a new day. All right. So let's go ahead and take our two questions. Jesse. Joan, Jesse says that he hates his job. And that he used to love it and that uh, he worked for a company that was sold and it changed hands. And now all of a sudden things, the environment is just getting worse and worse that it's a very um, a bad um, focus. You know, it's, it's more on uh, the bottom line instead of all the things in between is how he words it. And he says, as a result, there's a lot of favoritism. Um, worrying about just getting to the top and quality of work is so bad. And and he comments on that's probably the hardest thing for him to watch is just the quality of the work that they do. So, you know, I, uh, my heart goes out to you, Jesse. I'm so sorry that this, that you're in this place, but I know that this also was planned. God, I mean, not planned for you, like this is your great thing, but it was, uh, God knew it. 
He knew you were going to be in this place. He knows you're frustrated right now and he's waiting to help you through it. And so, yeah, is it going to be that you stay? Is it going to be that you go? That's hard to know. There's people around you that God didn't put there by accident. Um, Maybe some of them you can help um, change the culture. That's a hard thing to do, but one person's changed the culture in a great setting before, um, probably not on their own, but with God's help, yeah. And I know this when I would go into different places that I, I was the leader over and you could see it change or, and it took months and a lot of hard work, um, but maybe God's nudging you to a new place. What I want you to do is tap into him. And really figure out what you're supposed to be doing right now. Like Joan said, God affirmed to her. And don't we wish, we all wish we could hear God talk to us, right? But she got this affirmation that, see, you're supposed to love him. And she felt such um, assurance that she was in the right place at that time, even though it's a pretty hard place. But, um, but that was her purpose. And when she started tapping into that, it changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious. There's, there's so many other things. Let's see what Joan has to say, and then we'll tap into more of this afterwards. So, Joan, Jesse, what are you thinking about Jesse? And oh. what advice do you have? Well, first of all, for Jesse, I have been there. The company that I served for 10 years at the midway point changed ownership. And it was two different worldviews. And so I found myself under one worldview. And then with this new change, it became a totally different environment. Um, was it hard? Yes. But this is what I know. I know this, that he, if he's sovereign and until he opens another door, we stay. We stay until he opens another door. And I can remember crying out to the Lord and just saying, what do you want me to do? You know, you know, you know, I'm not happy here at the very end. You know this. And I, I kid you not. This is what I heard the Lord say. I had my Bible open and I was praying. And he said, uh, have I opened another door? I said, no, sir. <laughs> no, you haven't. And he said, <laughs> then you finish well and you finish with love. Mm-hmm. So I knew that in that season, I was to be faithful. I was to love the people that were there. I was to support the leadership in any way that I could. Because he wasn't saying I was staying forever, but he was saying, if I haven't opened a door, where would you go? You stay until I open another door and finish well and finish with love. And so one of the coolest things happened. I happened to be in this last season of change. I happened to be with two of the owners and we were going somewhere. And it's so sweet how God let this happen. So they were sitting in the front seat and I'm the backseat passenger. And all of a sudden, One of the owners looks over to the other owner and he said, do you know how I know that Joan is a Christian? And I'm like, what? And he says, because she always forgives me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. See, had there not been tension, had there not been hard places, there would have been no room to offer forgiveness. But in those hard places to hear God say, this is not about you, Joan. This is about me. And if you'll stay connected to that, even in these hard places, you are going to shine for my glory. And so to hear this person say, she always forgives me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, I would take every hard place again and then some. That yeah. Had an opportunity to see what does real Christianity look like? It's a lot of forgiveness at times. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's such an awesome example of living out your faith at work. You know, you're not, you know, spouting off Bible verses and getting into trouble that way in the secular world. You're offering forgiveness when it isn't maybe deserved. And people are watching and people are learning. I really love that. Um, Joan, you know, you so um, off your lips comes to things that you don't even realize. But, you know, you're saying, you know, I was in this hard place and I was doing my reading the Bible in the morning. Well, that blows by a lot of people. So, you know, when we have these times in our lives and, and we're talking about work today. So when your work is desperate, how many of us are doing that? Going straight to the word, opening up the Bible. So I wanted to just talk about this at the beginning and I forgot Well, I ran out of time to be honest with you, but one thing that you all can do and that I'd love for you all to do is get to the word and get to God so that you can have all this, this help. She's talking about, okay, we hang in there until door opens. Well, if we're not tapping into God and we're not tapping into the Holy Spirit, we don't even see doors. We blow right by them. So we have to get to the word. We have to get to God. And so uh, think about just praying first, just praying. And so, you know, we know the ask, A-S-K, ask and acknowledge, the A for ask and acknowledge. You know, so many verses that say, just ask me, as ask me in my name with all your heart and I'll give it to you. Just ask. And we forget to ask. We don't know what to ask. Be bold. He knows. He knows, so just be bold in your prayers, but acknowledge his power. Because when we're asking so many times, we're almost just asking for this like plop for things to change. But what we need to do is be asking for his power, power to hang on, like Joan said, until until we do that power for um, insight. We're asking, we acknowledge his omniscience so we know he knows everything. When we have times where we don't know what to do next, he does. But are we acknowledging his power and knowledge so that we can do that? The ask is for um, really seeking. So get into the word like Joan said. And then the K, knock. And that's some action. We don't just think of that. Ask, seek, knock. You go up to a door and you knock. It's like we've already gone there. We've already thought, okay, I'd like to, to talk to this person, whatever. But we have to physically knock. All right. Let's get to the next question. So, um Let's see here. Mike. Mike. He says um, he's in a band and he does this band on the side because his family really needs the money. And in my understanding through this email is he's doing something similar to like what we're doing. So trying to be in a very faith based startup company. And um, he just basically says the environment uh, while he's doing the, the band is poor and he sees things that he doesn't maybe want to see and starting to second guess this a little bit. So I'm going to give you two thoughts. Well, of course, we want you to get to the word. We want you to pray diligently so you can know what to do. Um, but I'm going to tell you a couple things. One is um, there are a lot of people that go into jails and serve and love on those people, and they're seeing some pretty bad things. And there are a lot of people that um, go into um, stripper places, and a lot of women, a friend of mine, and she has to see this, and yet she knows she's serving those women and and helping change their lives. So I'm not convinced that just by seeing, um, we we don't want that. Of course we don't want that. Um, 
so so I don't I just don't want to disregard um, witnessing things that aren't that awesome to be I'm out of there because how are we ever going to reach those people right mm-hmm. so um, but then also it's sometimes bad for you so is it um, changing your views or are you rock solid with God you know um, I, so are you able to evangelize as one of the W O R K so yeah if you can evangelize somehow even by secular ways the way Joan has explained in some of them and then um, last is you know really think about the money and do you really need that extra money um, thank God for it as a blessing and ask God to take it away if it's not pray mm-hmm. for clarity what do you have there Joan well, I love some of the things that you've just shared, Nikki. So here's what I, I would say. If, let's say, I think he's married because he's talking about his family. If you and your spouse are one on, in agreement, there's a, there's a plus for you. But I always have looked at, is, did, do I have a knowing in my gut that God has sent me? If, if there's not a knowing and it's compromising you, you, you probably need to get out. But if it's not compromising, you said if you're rock solid with the Lord, if you know that and your 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 better half is in support and you see it as a, a place where you can really be the light in a dark place and God has sent you, it's the sending. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have had people into my home, for instance, for dinners that had that were nowhere near what I believed. But in that Love came into there. And I can remember one time having four couples into my home, none of them Christians, but they stayed for hours because we just loved on them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about things that we probably would have never talked about before, but I looked for, how can I insert love into this? So in that place, there are going to be people that need to hear the gospel. He mm-hmm. may be there just for that, this season, for whatever reason, someone's there that needs to hear his story. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. That's awesome. All right. I can't believe how this time flies, right? So both of you guys, I really want you to reach out to Joan and I by email. Um, get, let us help you more if we can. That's one of the gifts of being highlighted on the show. And I've been doing it a lot lately. So it's a blessing. Joan, please take a second and share with them. Well, I'll tell them you have a Facebook live that you do in the mornings. Please head to her place. What's the Facebook um, link? Is it under your name it's, or your business? Yes, yeah, Joan L. Turley, but mm-hmm. I also put it on my personal page, but my business page is Joan L. Turley, and that's where I upload it to. Well, that's where I do the live video, and it's yeah. just what he's teaching me in the morning. I'll share yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, so some of us are having trouble stepping into the Word. It's hard. It takes a lot of time. It's confusing, and if you're new at it, this is awesome. If you're not new at it, it's still awesome because I've been at it a while, and then I love them. So she's going to study the Word and then quickly do a little video for us and help us get the insight right out of it. So thank you, everyone, for being with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please look up Joan Turley on her website. If you're on Facebook Live, you can see her down in the link. We've linked her, her awesome book, Consider Going and Buying, and it's Sacred Work in Secular Places. And we are just happy that you're here. Come back next week on Living Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.